Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. How's everyone doing? I'm still in the uh, Big Apple, New York City. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, some people today. I have, like, uh, a family that's kind of mixed a mixed family, you know, it's kind of like there are some that are conservatives, there are some that are liberals, and it's kind of extremes on both at both ends. Very strong Republicans, very strong Democrats. And so I was having a conversation today about November, and I said to a family member who's a strong Republican, I said, so are we going to, the Republicans going to do really well in November? Is it going to be a sweep? And he said, absolutely no doubt about it going to be a sweep. I said, are you worried at all about the abortion stuff. He's now not worried about the, no one's going to vote in November on abortion. And I, I think that's a great point. And then I started going into, you know, the whole thing about, you know, the COVID stuff and this and that and the other thing and horrible Gavin Newsom and horrible Kathy Hochul and very passionate about it. And I thought to myself, my goodness, I kind of really found my voice right now, I think. I think that it's almost like this uh, libertarian Republican thing, whatever you want to call it, whatever box you want to call it. I know we love boxes these days. Um, I think that uh, I've, uh, it's almost like it's a uh, coming out for me, you know, and then like, it's almost like when someone comes out as, as, as gay or whatever it may be, and they just they can't stop talking about it. They're just so passionate about talking about it. And I think that's kind of happened with me with the, with the, uh, my, my newfound, uh, you know, I guess political, uh, ideology, which is to me just common sense. I mean, I think it goes back to what Bill Maher says, which is that the Democrats are losing voters because they're no longer the party of, of common sense. In fact, they're the party of, of no common sense. And if I can, if I can cue it up, I'll play something in a little bit. It's this woman talking about the God of pronouns. Her, she was doing a prayer to her God of pronouns, and these people are 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 for real. They're not joking. You know, it's not. It's not. They're not play acting. This is the way they truly feel. And it's this crazy narrative, this crazy wokeness, this crazy agenda. Um. That is just, it, it, uh, facts don't matter, common sense doesn't matter, evidence doesn't matter, nothing at all matters. And I, I put as the heading of, of the show tonight, politics is about not saying you're sorry ever. For Democrats, politics is about not saying you're sorry. From the movie uh, Love Story, it was this line there, love, love is, you know, being able to say you're sorry. And for the Democrats, they just can't say they're sorry, they can't say they were wrong. On anything, we're talking major issues here. We're talking major. We're talking about COVID and what the Democrats did, what the Democratic governors did, and there was a, a, a line in the sand. The Democrats did draw, the liberals did draw that this is the way we're doing it, and this is the way the Republicans doing it. And, the, and there was very little crossover on each side, which is we believe in lockdowns, we believe lockdowns is science, we believe masks are science, we believe vaccines is these vaccines are going to stop the spread, the masks are going to stop the spread. Give us 15 days to stop the spread well before masks and vaccines were introduced, right? Just give us 15 days to stop the spread. So on top of these lies, I mean, they should apologize. If, if, if I tell you I'm going to get something done, if I tell you, hey, look, I'm going to get something done in 15 days, and 15 days goes by, and I haven't gotten it done, the thing I should say is I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry I promised you 15 days. <clears throat> I, I, I made a mistake. I needed much more time. I should have said I needed much more time. Uh, and I apologize, and I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, and will you please give me another 15 days? Will you give me another two months? I, this is really going to take two months. And you try to say yes or no. The Democrats needed the, the Democrats needed to do that right off the bat. Fauci, 
everyone needs to do it off the bat. All the Denver Newsom, back then Cuomo, before he didn't apologize. There was no apology from them saying we, we were wrong. It wasn't 15 days wasn't enough. They never said that. They never said we're wrong. They just said, well, we're going to keep doing this. We got to keep doing it. And that's something Democrats have not done for anything over the last two and a half years. They've never said they're sorry. They never said they're wrong. No matter what the evidence shows, they never said they were wrong or sorry that the vaccines would get us back to normal. They never said they were sorry they were wrong, that the vaccines would stop the spread. When Fauci says Omicron, it will stop the spread of Omicron. When Walensky said the vaccines cover Omicron, when Fauci said, if you get these vaccines, you won't get COVID. When Biden said, if you get these vaccines, you won't get COVID. They never apologized for any of this. They never apologized for any. They never apologized to all the people that got COVID. And whether they got it severely or not doesn't matter. They said they wouldn't get it. They said it was just a litany of law. We know this. We know this. It's, it's history. It's recent history. It was a litany of either lies or being wrong. However you want to say it, whether you lie or you're wrong, you should still apologize. Because you're well you are wrong doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize, even if you didn't lie, right? Even if you know you didn't lie. If you know you said something and it wasn't a lie, but you were wrong, you still say you're sorry, okay? And they never did that. So lies, wrong, it doesn't matter. It's a little verbiage at this point to me. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to believe. You want to believe they were just wrong because this was such a, a horrible new disease that we've never seen before, which of course is a bullshit. Um, and of course it's the 20th century, 21st century, the year 2020. Uh, so that's kind of bullshit lie, bullshit nonsense, bullshit excuse. But if you want to believe that, you want to believe they were just wrong, they're supposed to have apologized. And they've never done that. And this is the idea, this is why people hate politicians in general, <clears throat> because the politician believes that they're wrong and they say they're sorry, it's a sign of weakness. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe it's always a sign of strength when someone in any aspect of life says they're sorry when they're wrong. So why shouldn't that go for politics? But politicians believe if they say they're sorry, it's a sign of weakness and it'll be used, let's say, in a campaign ad against them, right? And so they never say it. They won't say it. They'll never admit to it. They just go on to the next thing. Or what was really bad about the COVID era, if you will, um, is that they double and triple down on being wrong, which was that, that was the most disgusting, vile part of the whole thing is doubling and tripling down on being wrong to be a defiance of being wrong that and, and hurting people in the process, hurting people, people dying, killing people. Yes. I'll be blatant killing people in the process, killing more people than had to die. If these, these morons had done absolutely nothing. And so we're at the point now in politics where that's part of why I think Democrats are hemorrhaging voters because people have seen how wrong they've been and how they've really ruined people's lives. Uh, not only with economic, the economy, with businesses closing. And we've been through this, right? The inflation and gas prices and food prices and prices of, you know, buying stuff at supermarkets and all that stuff that were caused by lockdowns and caused by the economic destruction brought on by demo failed democratic policies. People see this and they see that these people did not even apologize. And many of them say they do it again. Many of them say they would do it again. Think about that. Think about that. With all we have known, with all we have seen, with all the evidence, with all the facts, with all of the studies that have been done by major universities showing these things were bad policy, they were wrong-headed, 
they say they would do it again. Newsom would do lockdowns again. He's keeping a state of emergency for that reason and others. Fauci said he would do it again. There are people who think we should do Shanghai-type lockdowns as though that has worked in Shanghai. I guess they're on lockdown 37 now. And, you know, the cog continues. And I think voters have seen this. Voters have seen this. And look at what happened in Great Britain. Look what just happened. Boris, I never comb my hair, Johnson, who was supposed to be a conservative. Now, remember, the conservatives in this country did COVID right. They did it better than the liberals did. But Boris Johnson pussied out, um, for lack of a better term, on COVID and did basically what the liberals did here. With the Demo- he joined basically what the liberal Democrats did here and in Canada on COVID. And he's paying for it now. You see, he's paying for it because the citizens of the UK said this was wrong. This hurt us. You never apologized. You were wrong. You were told you were wrong and you doubled and tripled down. And now we're all suffering because of it. And now he's going out the door simply because of that. A once conservative who did the right thing on Brexit, that was his big thing, right? He took a stand. He had balls when it came to Brexit, but no balls when it came to COVID. Think about that. Balls when it came to something like Brexit, but no balls when it came to a respiratory virus. A germ basically beat him. I say thanks, COVID, for getting rid of of Boris Johnson, but that's what happened. A germ. Roger, I see you there, and I'll get to you. Let me just finish ranting, and I'll get right to you. Um, but my thought on, on, on Boris Johnson is thank you, COVID. Thank you, COVID. This is something we can finally blame on COVID, right? Boris Johnson going out the door because people there have seen the economic and social devastation of his policies, basically lockdowns and masks and all that nonsense, and vaccine mandates. And it was all the u- usual liberal reflex bullshit that happened here the fear and hysteria that happened here. And Boris Johnson just went along with it instead of having the balls to say, I'm not doing this. I'm doing this differently. You know, I'm doing this like DeSantis and he didn't, he couldn't do that. And now he's paying, he's paying the price for it. So that's why he's resigning. It's it, it absolutely. It's the COVID policy. That's the driving force. I know I'm not an expert on UK politics. I know there's probably more to it, but that I believe is the driving policy. I think if not for COVID, Boris Johnson would still be prime minister, well, past October anyway. Um, So this is the price to pay for these politicians who have just lied to us for the last two and a half years. And not only, like I said, not only said can't say they're sorry ever, but will double and triple down and say, we're going to hurt you. Now that we know this is hurtful, we're going to do it more just because we can and just to show, to cover up for the fact that we were wrong. It's like the opposite of an apology. We're showing strength by doubling and tripling down on stuff that obviously hurt people. And, and this is despicable. I mean, the policies, the policies themselves at the beginning were despicable. And many of us knew we, they were wrong. And people like Alex Berenson knew they were wrong. We were called conspiracy theorists. We were banned from Twitter. We were uh, canceled from Facebook. And uh, we were right all along. We were right all along. And... Uh, it, it, it doesn't give me any real pleasure to say we were right because of all the damage that was done. And because even though we were so, so many of us were right, we had no power to stop this damage from being done. But we do have the power to throw these bastards out. We do have the power to do what's happening in Great Britain, to get rid of these people, to get rid of them and bring in new people. And if those people do the same crap, we can get rid of them. So that's the power we do have now. That's the power we do have. And, and going back to my conversation with my relative, I'm talking myself into a November 
tsunami here for the for the Republicans. A tsunami red. And the thing with abortion, the last thing I want to say before I get to Roger, the, the thing about abortion is it didn't st- the Roe v. Wade thing didn't change any minds. The people who were for Roe v. Wade are st- still for Roe v. Wade. The people who were against it are still against it. It's not like there are people who are like, oh, now I'm thinking about abortion. I never had an opinion. So it's so stupid that the Democrats think this is going to matter. It's, it's basically a push, right? And it could actually go against the Republicans, uh, Democrats, if these people are violent and vile, as they have been since the leak that could actually hurt them. But I think at the worst Republicans, it'll be a push. It changes no minds. It changes zero minds. The lines are still drawn the same way they were before that uh, that decision. And uh, let me you know, let me get, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And there's a couple of things I do want to play that if I can find it, the video of that woman, that nut job talking about the God of pronouns. But uh, let's see if I can find, and Blatty, I see you. We'll get to you next. But Roger, let me see if I can get you on here. Okay, Roger. Hi, Mike. Hey, Roger. Um, I've, I've got a sort of uh, slight alternative view of uh, Boris Johnson, as you may imagine. Well, are, you, are, you, are you calling from Great Britain? Well, no, I'm not in Great Britain at the moment, but uh, I'm, I am from London. Okay, so you're from London. Okay. Sure. Yeah, what is I, it? I, well, I know Boris Johnson, um, not not personally, let's say, but I, I know his uh, political career very well. Um, Boris Johnson, um, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but Boris Johnson essentially uh, was a TV celebrity, or a journalist, actually, before he became prime minister. He's not a politician. Was he like a was he like a Piers um, Morgan type? Was he like a Piers Morgan? No, type? Uh, um, there are very many fascinating documentaries he did, and very many uh, different views he's held over his uh, sort of shape shifting career. Let's say he's he's not. Um, um, uh, you mentioned Brexit, but he's not. Uh, he's certainly not. Uh, what I would call a Brexit ultra. Um, I'm not in particular in, in favour of Brexit, although given the Ukraine situation, uh, it, my mind has changed a little bit, but um, not, not let's say to to a great extent. Well, but but, but I guess the point I, I, I would like to make, maybe you can agree with this, agree with this, was that wasn't he basically didn't he win based on Brexit? Isn't that he got how he got the job? No, no, he he promised um, Brexit. Right. So, what what you need to know about him, and you can look this up, anyone who's interested in his career, you can look this up. Um, he used to write for the Telegraph, um, and he used to be the European correspondent for the Telegraph, and he made up stories. He made up things like uh, uh, Europe is uh, about to ban British sausages. <laughs> is that right? right? Is that, is that, is that yes, right? that's actually a true story. Uh, you, anyone can look this one up. So he wrote an article for the Telegraph, which was a headliner: "Europe wants to ban uh, British sausages." And you know, it was. It's not as if he was even original, because it actually came from the great TV series Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. <laughs> 
it's funny. Um, and he he kind of reinvented it, and, and he he put a lot of these things into. Um, and uh, the other interesting thing, I, I suspect, which had a lot to do with his downfall, was he wrote a poem about Erdogan, mm. where he called him the Wankara from Ankara. Is that what he called him? Yes. <laughs> so basically, you, he so basically saying he was into sensationalist journalism. Was that is that the deal? Yes, essentially, yes. Um, Johnson, I mean, his only redeeming feature was he didn't he wasn't an ideologue. If you see what I mean. Yes. Yeah, I get. It's a bit, a bit like Trump in that respect. You know, right? Trump didn't really have any strong, you know. Uh, I, I watch the American news, obviously, because you know uh, someone once said, "Well, you know, you can't comment on the American news." And I said, "Well, if you get your ass out of our country, I won't." But uh, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, of course. But the the thing was, you know, Trump wasn't an ideologue. You know, Trump wasn't a racist per se. He wasn't a white nationalist. He Trump is a businessman who wants to make money and and Johnson was just a pretty much the same thing. So it's so, a, you're talking more and more about political opportunism, right? Yes. Than, very uh, much. Yes. So you, I, you I, wouldn't I, consider him, you wouldn't consider him a uh, solid conservative. Uh, no, no, yeah. not at all. I mean, he did a very, there's a fantastic, he actually did a fantastic documentary on uh, Turkey, even before he insulted the president. Uh, he also did a fantastic docu, and that documentary was a basically a plea to allow Turkey into the EU, right? Which he believed in, right? Right. Well, so, I think I think what a lot of people also what I found off putting once again from this side of the pond is his fanaticism with COVID. I mean, it was you know where he got it, and he, he had COVID. He, Remember, he, he supposedly he, had it fairly bad, right? Where he was in the hospital for a few days. Um, now, once again, one, 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 well, one wonders one because he he did have a tendency to hide. And I was just, well. uh, would you, Bob, would Roger, what you just said about him made me just think as I was saying that that he might have overdone it a little bit for sensationalist purposes. Yeah. But let's say he did have COVID. Okay, let's say he did actually have COVID. Fine. You uh, know, then even after he had it, he was doing his fanaticism of his constant testing and his isolations, and he got it again, and he showed everyone how he got the the, the swabs up his nose all the time. And it was like constant pushing of the same stuff they push here the the, the left has pushed here you know covid testing and vaccines and and all of that stuff and i, I think that was incredibly off-putting the other, th- the other thing you have to know with johnson is he's a drunk oh well, so I, I, I don't want to say he looks like a drunk but he certainly he certainly uh he is no, has he an is. issue he has an issue with his uh you know his hair he doesn't seem to care about combing it I don't know if that's a sound no, of depression. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's absolutely wrong. What, he, um, he typically ruffles it up before he goes into camera. Why, is that his look? Yes. <laughs> is that what that is? Is that like a look? Really? Yes. Is, is that, yeah. <laughs> someone should tell him it's not a good one. Can someone in the BBC get to him well, and say it's, it's, a, it's disarming, isn't it? It's a bit like the Jack Nicholson thing, where Jack Nicholson used to throw his tie over his uh, shoulder, and then he did do that. Absolutely, Meryl that would make Meryl Streep try and (laughs) you know touch him to pull it down. And 
you know, he's the naughty boy. So, Roger, where are you now? What what state? I'm in Portugal. Oh, you're oh, you're in Portugal. Okay, you are overseas. You're not in London. You're in Portugal. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And I, I, do do you find the uh, the life in Portugal to be preferable to the life in London? Um, the uh, well, it's a different life. Um, uh, Portugal, if you're uh, if if you're aware, uh, stopped being a dictatorship in about 1974. Mm-hmm. 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 So it's it's a different um, mentality. Um, the closest the closest uh, I've been is uh, Spain, Barcelona, the other side of the island. That's well, the closest I, I, I've been. I went. To, yeah. Look, I'll give you. I went to school in Australia. Um, I lived in Hong Kong. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Hong Kong. I spent, and then in two thousand and five, I left UK. Uh, then I spent eleven years in France, and now I'm in Port- and from about 2016, I've been in Portugal. Oh, excellent, excellent! So, you, do you do you figure uh, on going back to London, or are you staying in Portugal? No, I've got no reason to go back. You have no reason uh, to go back I to London. Also, spent I've also spent quite a bit of time in America, but mainly in Chicago. So, oh, okay. Yeah, Chicago's not so, a, Chicago has its problems now, Roger. Uh, not, yeah, I, I, I think I stay. I think I stay in Portugal if I were you. At least at this yeah, point, right. and, Chicago, and I say that as someone. Uh, well, I, I never had a problem in. Uh, I, yeah. I never had a. I, when I'm in Chicago, I normally stay in a Greek town. Oh, okay, it's a nice area. Yeah, yeah, nice area. Well, Roger, I got to get to another caller, but I, I thank you for the call. I'll let you call go back again. Call no back problem, again, all right? Thank you. All right, thanks I'll, a lot. I'll set you straight on Boris. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, I only know you. so much about him. Thanks, thanks, Roger. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're going to go to uh, someone who does not have a British accent. This is uh, Blatty. So, hey, Blatty, how are you? How you doing? How you doing, Mike? Uh, Mike, what could I tell you? I would like to say that uh, Boris Johnson's got his feathers, uh, his feathers ruffled, but uh, I think he did it to himself. Nobody else uh, rattled that cage in, in any way. He did it to himself. Well, absolutely. Uh, never, and like I said, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, I, I come at uh, it from an American perspective. We've come at it from the American perspective, and I, I, I appreciate Roger telling me more about his history before uh, being prime yeah. minister. And obviously, he was a sensationalist journalist. That doesn't that doesn't shock me at all. It's not a shocking thing, you know. But it does put some kind of perspective on on his mm. on the situation, you know. The question now uh, lies in. How is this going to be seen as the, in the outset? This doesn't make the Tories look good. Uh, the Labour Party is ready to get back in there. So they'll look at their political enemy as, uh, you know, now that the, that the head has been taken off, you know, temporarily. Right. And uh, until the new, the new cat comes in, I wonder who the, the, the new conservative is going to be, you know, coming in. And, uh, of course, you know, with all the problems that came after Brexit, uh, and, you know, I never understand the system, not because I don't understand them, simply because we don't, you know, as an American, we don't live over there. We're not, we don't have an overarching government of unelected officials called the European Union, thank right. God. But uh, nevertheless, our government, I think, does uh, its own damage here in the United States, you know. Uh, but the, the whole thing with, with Boris Johnson, I was never really a fan of him, but I did like to hear him. And I think what made him interesting is that crazy haircut that he had. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess he tried to stay stylish, tried to stay in, tried to be new. But hey, that was this thing. 
the uh, according to what Roger was saying, uh, since obviously he lives in, in in that country, is you know he did good for the country. You know there was things there's things to to that are laudable, but there's also these last things that brought him down, which are for, unfortunate. The sex scandal, the little party gate that he had where everybody was not wearing their mask and there was rampant alcohol and sex. And you know what? I, I don't know why they make such a big deal. Uh, politicians always do that. And I don't know if it's because uh, it was the COVID, everybody was masks and uh, in quarantine and they played the hypocrite. Kind of reminds me here in California to Gavin Newsom over at the French Laundry, his restaurant, right? Up there Wait in a minute, California. Vladdy, you reminded me of something I didn't speak about last night. And that's Gavin okay. Newsom banning, banning, banning state travels in Montana. Then where does he go to fly fish? Montana. Oh, my goodness. I this, mean, this, this guy, guy is, is such the a, biggest hypocrite. He's the biggest, the biggest hypocrite this yeah. side of the Mississippi. Yes, thank you. This well, side of the Mississippi. I mean, this guy's horrible. And so, like you said, it's a long line of hypocrisy with the going back to the, you know, the maskless gathering at the French Laundry and no one else could have their businesses open and then only outdoor dining for a while, you know. and. Exactly. uh and, you know, he, he gives the excuse that the state's not paying someone else's pay. It's some bullshit excuse about. But if you're once exactly. again, if you're so if Montana is so horrible, if it's such a horrible fascist state, why are you going fly fishing there? Right. Why are you exactly. going? There, exactly. there are other states you can it, go it, to and fly fish. Is it, is it, is it be just because it's according to him, it's so anti LGBTQ. And what the hell are you even throwing money? Thousands of dollars. You know, right. of course, isn't that showing isn't that showing uh, uh, two sides to him? Of course, the hypocrisy, uh, two yeah, double but, standards was, again, but, what's good for me is not good for you kind of thing. You know, but and, what always uh, bothers me the most you? about what always bothers me the most about these these morons is that they, they flaunt it. They 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 fl- You see, this is the problem. I've talked about this a million times. This is a problem with states like California that is so damn blue that people belong to that Democratic cult. That no matter what these elected officials do, they get away with it because they know Gavin Newsom knows. Oh, these 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 cult members, these Democratic Party cult members, and I say they'll never vote for a Republican. So I can do what I want. I can do exactly wow. what I want. You know, I can do it. London Breed, the mayor of of San Francisco, during her mask mandate, can go to a can go to a club with no mask on and 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 start dancing and screaming because she knows. She knows I'm a Democrat and a black woman in San Francisco. I'm not going to lose no matter what I do. So they, they spit in the face of the voters. And that makes me so angry. It makes with, me with angry. More re- <laughs> with more reason, Mike, that uh, for us that are here in California to vote these bastards out of power once and for all, you know, I hope people in California get their act together, honestly. And I, for my fellow Californian, usually that is leftist, Democrat, especially as a Hispanic, uh, forget it. It's people have been so indoctrinated to believe the bullshit. Yeah, high gas prices. The, one of the only states, I think, that has a state income tax, for crying out loud, you know? I know, and, I know. And I'm like, uh, come on, we want solutions, not not problems, not debt. I don't have to be paying debt for, you know, shit that I don't know and, and stuff, right. you know? My, my nephew, who's a trucker, he makes about eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, and every year he has to end up having to pay, you know, state taxes that are high. And, and the man is tired of it. He's, he's basically paying back taxes for, for past years, you know? Well, and, and, and that's and, and this, Yeah, and Gavin Newsom is, you know, I, I guess the uh, prime example of what I say about, about Democrats simply not being able to say they're wrong or sorry about anything and doubling and tripling down. And, 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 you know, and not, and not caring at all because they know there's no elect, for a guy like Gavin Newsom anyway, 
there'll be no electoral consequences. There'll be zero electoral consequences for lying. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter. He's 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 Gavin Newsom. He's you know the Pelosi's. He's a, he's a pretty boy. He's a pretty boy. Yeah, uh, nephew of Pelosi. He's got right. it in the bag. I, I hope there's a red surprise. Honestly, this guy's got to well, go. Um, that would be a real surprise. That would be a real. But you, you know, know De- Democrat run. Democrat run cities are shitholes. I know you're from New York, right, Mike? Of course, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you understand the homeless problem and all that. We have it well, here. Like every blue state have a shitload of this problem. My goodness. I, I stepped out the door and I see a homeless right there. And, and no Democrat is doing anything about it. And no, they're all no. for the people. And why, why aren't you taking care of the people? I just got off this program previous to you with the uh, Packenberg Hangout. And they were yep. talking, uh, cr- critiquing the program from... Uh, from uh, Matt Walsh, what is a woman? Oh my goodness! They came at it from the leftist negative, and uh, they didn't do a good job. It should have been at least a four-hour program. But I went at them. I was the last person, and I I went at the trans, and I, I you know I basically told them they're you're mentally deranged. You need help. Right. You shouldn't be forced Absolutely. to have to accept your 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 life. Yeah, I, know. Sorry. I know. I know. And and, 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 and so he, supposedly I'm the enemy. I'm the one that uh, what they what word they did they use. Uh, not trans exclusionary. They use that word. Uh, I'm I, I'm gender isolationist or ab- abolitionist. Gender? What the hell is that? How dare you even carry yourself? To, uh, compare me to the abolitionist that died and fought for the slavery. <laughs> you right, put exactly. gender abolitionist? Really? <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. You know, and I'm I'm thank yeah. you. That's going to get me into. There were a couple other things I wanted to talk about. One was um, uh, Tucker Carlson is. Uh, was interviewed today by some lefty, lefty quote unquote journalist, um, and was asked about various things, such as you know his replacement theory thing that he talks about that the left loves to grab onto. The left has loved to grab onto this replacement theory thing as to say it's a white nationalist thing that he's saying only white people should be able to have jobs and and the white race is the dominating race in this country and found this country and and, it, and deserves you know all this bullshit that the left all all this nonsense this racist stuff the, the left cannot stop talking about race you know they say let's not we don't we don't we don't believe in racism but yeah they're the biggest racist because they won't stop talking about it they won't exactly. stop talking about race and they can continuously make every little thing about race so this guy is interviewing Tucker. it's a long interview it's like 10 minutes so i won't play it so this guy is interviewing tucker carlson and he says oh i want to ask you about these things and tucker's like oh ask me about them so he's talking and tucker's explaining his idea of replacement, which is basically that U.S. citizens should have precedent over non-citizens. And the problem is we're bringing in open the borders, bringing in all these non-citizens, and they're replacing U.S. citizens as far as jobs go. And that's, his, that's what he's against. He believes any U.S. citizen, whether they're black, brown, white, yellow, green, should take precedent. And that's, his, that's what he talks about. He, so he's explaining this to the guy. And instead of listening to what he's taking, and Tucker got more, you know, I'm paraphrasing, Tucker would if you listen to the interview, he'll explain it more. He does on his show all the time. Tucker says this, and the guy, the na- the left only cares about narrative. That's all they care about. So you can say all this stuff, all these facts, all this evidence. We've done this with masks, with vaccines, and it goes over their heads. And all they care about is keeping their narrative going. So after Tucker explains all this, the, the, the schmucky interviewer still continues to call him things like a white nationalist. I mean, it's it's just absolutely insane. And then after the guy calls him a white nationalist 
and Tucker, Tucker starts talking about white nationalism, what exactly are the guy goes, oh, I don't want to talk about labels. Meanwhile, the guy is the one who brought up white nationalism. The left do this all the time. They make something about race, and then they twist it around to make it look like you're making it about race. Every wow. little thing to them is yeah. about race. Everything comes back to race. They, they, they can argue logically, but they get all emotional, and they try to use ad hominems and attack you with that motion. Right, and this is the constant pigeonhole. You know, I say, and I'm not saying this is an arrogant way, but I watched CNN for years. I watched MSNBC for years. I watched hours and hours and hours of, of Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and hours and hours and hours of Lawrence O'Donnell and Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes. And now I've watched hours and hours and hours of Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and so on and so forth. So I can say I have actually been very fair when it comes to giving all the networks a chance. Most people don't do that. And all, all of these liberals who call Tucker Carlson horrible names like a fascist and a white nationalist, they don't watch Tucker Carlson. And as Tucker said, they listen to a 20-second soundbite that CNN or MSNBC runs. And that is who they think Tucker Carlson is. That's what they know about Tucker Carlson. But this has always annoyed me. This is like people who protest a movie. Remember when they would protest a movie? Like Basic Instinct, because it was demeaning to gays or women, and they've never seen the fucking movie. They don't see exactly. the movie, but they denounce it based on what they've heard No, No different, it. Mike. No right. different, Mike, than the, no, the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. It had nothing to do, no word, wordage regarding gay or homosexual. Right. It's parental rights of education. But they don't want to call it that. They just want to call it the don't say gay bill. Had nothing to do with that shit. Exactly. Has nothing, has nothing, that's another example of the narrative means everything, right? Don't, don't, facts don't matter. It doesn't matter what's in the actual bill. It's just a narrative saying don't say gay is a good slogan, right? It's a good slogan to run on. It's a good slogan for the left to run on, that the Republicans are saying don't say gay, that DeSantis in Florida is saying don't say gay, when, of course, there was nothing in the bill. But we know the facts don't matter. It's all about keeping the narrative going, the narrative drive going. And I, for one, you know, also believed things about Tucker Carlson and the other people on Fox before I started watching it. Then when I started yeah. watching it, and what, what progressives don't want to seem to admit was that it was people like Tucker Carlson who gave someone like Bernie Sanders the best shot. You know what I'm saying? The most fair shot. It was the people on CNN, MSNBC, the lefties, the Democratic establishment lefties on CNN, MSNBC, who were tearing Bernie Sanders apart, you know, that were tearing Bernie Sanders apart, leading to, of course, the presidency of this dementia fool, dementia-ridden fool over a guy who at least has all of his marbles. And and uh, it was those people that weren't giving Bernie a fair shot. And so you had to go to Fox News. I had to go to, I remember as a, even as a Bernie supporter, I couldn't stomach what MSNBC and CNN, the lies, the lies they were telling about him. And I had to watch Fox and Tucker Carlson. That's when I started watching him. I had to watch then to get a fair assessment of Bernie Sanders to not be sick to my stomach. And how, sh- how, how ridiculous is that, that I had to go to supposedly the, the right wing network to get more of a fair take on Bernie Sanders. But progressives would never know this because they didn't watch Tucker Carlson. That's the problem. The people on the left would never know this because they didn't watch Tucker Carlson. They were told he's such an evil guy and don't give him ratings and don't watch him. 
But there's a reason why he's the highest show, the highest uh, show on television, because he actually makes a lot of sense if you listen to him. He actually talks a lot of common sense, and he's anti-hypocrisy like I am, and, 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 and for common sense. And that's how I think I, I, I view Tucker Carlson now. Now, I'm not going to agree on everything he says. And just like I do, and many people with podcasts and talk shows do, we go into hyperbole sometimes. We get a little bit of vulgar sometimes. We get a little bit offensive sometimes. And he even admitted that on his interview today. You know, he even admitted it. And so what, though? So what? So what? So, so do those on the left. In fact, they they get they 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 can they can be the most vulgar. Look at Joy Reid. Look at look at Whoopi Goldberg. Look at Joy Behar. They could be the most vulgar, and yet they're never called out on it. You know, it's always uh, it's always those on the on the right that are called out on being oh so so vulgar and mean. You Mike, know, when, let when, me let me kind of conclude, and so you could give the spot to Raj because I got to go. But let me tell you this: that with this hypocrisy that's going on so bad and it's so evident, you know. Worse than Britain. The left doesn't even know it's imploding. And there's other leftists that I hear because I'm here all the time. Different program. And they have a lot of lefty program. Well, those people are saying, I thought they were all clumped up together. I, I didn't make no distinction of them. But apparently there's more that are some that are more Marxist socialists. And now they don't want nothing to do with the Democrat Party. Yeah. They're talking about a third party and maybe even a fourth. Whatever that means, it takes over 20 years to even make a good one. Yeah, they talk about that a lot in this country, but it never happens. Yeah. So now they're pissed off because their plans are not getting. But every time I've heard these bastards, that's how I call them. You you know what it is, Mike? It throws me off. It's all pie in the sky. They, They don't talk about inflation. They don't talk about high gas prices. They don't talk about the problems, the current issues. They want to go into this climate change thing. Okay, we could deal with that, but that's not an imminent danger. Right. You have to think about the families that are suffering because of high gas prices. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. parents that had eight and six hundred cars because of their four or five kids. And now they used to pay a hundred dollars a gas a week. Now they have to pay two. You know, they're not talking about those. Days. They're talking about let's go knock at the door. But you know what? They're so out of touch with people that they're going to see it in November and they're going to see it again uh, the following year. I, I, I don't feel sorry for them anymore. It's just I'm disgusted when I see all this. Seriously. Seriously, I'll let you go. I love talking to you, Mike. Have a great one. Good night. All right, all right, Gladdy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, uh, let's see where we are. Okay, so we had Blatty on the line there. Let me see. I'm trying to just read. I'm just trying, trying to just read a few of these <clears throat> comments before. I think Roger wants to come back on again. Um, but, uh, yes, okay, I'm, I'm told that uh, uh, Tucker nailed it in the interview, yes, and uh, someone said they give me hope. I give them hope that New Yorkers may have the guts it takes to do what they need to do to take the city back. Well, uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it. You know, it's like saying that Californians are going to take their state back from Gavin Newsom. And, of course, I'm a realist. You know, I'm a realist, and I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I wish it would. I wish it would, but I don't think it's going to happen. Roger, you there? Hi, Mike. Uh, yes. I just, just want to say just uh... – um, uh, correct a few uh, misassumptions about uh, why Johnson failed, let's say. Um, so, obviously, the me- in the media, it's about his um, debauchery or um, his incompetence or, or uh, I don't know if you heard about the blowjob he received in the... Uh... Yes. Anyway, that was one, yeah, okay. But that's not it, actually. 
so um, it's a bit of a topsy-turvy world, right? Because in England, um, red is Labour and blue is Conservative, which would be mm-hmm. mm-hmm. red to your Democrats and uh, blue to your um, Republicans. And, you know, um, even our blues, like Johnson, are even somewhat to the left, let's say, of your Republicans. But the thing that got Johnson was this. Um, that it came under Tony Blair and um, a, the devolution of power. And so the Scottish used to be... Scotland is still quite a, an important voting bloc. But it all went um, SNP, which is Scotch, the Scottish National Party. So the whole thing now is fought, or for power, is fought within England, which which is the biggest block. Mm-hmm. And there is a thing called the Red Wall, which would basically map to your um, Rust Belt. So this is the old industrial heartlands of the UK. So... After Britain deindustrialized, um, they all became call centers. And after that, obviously, they offshored the call centers and they all became basically huge unemployment pits with high crime and uh, lower, uh, virtually no earnings. So th- th- there's been a battle fought there for quite a while. Now, after, the promise of Brexit was this, okay? It doesn't matter what you think about it. it doesn't matter whether you like the European Union. They got Brexit through and they said, we'll make it better for you because it was the European Union that was causing your problems. Right. Okay? So that that was it. And uh, obviously there's a big smear campaign on Corbyn. He would map somewhat to the left of uh, Sanders. And he offered one thing. He was um, pro-Brexit, by the way. Um, But here's the thing. So the Tories, or or the Blue Party, as we call them, came in and said, we're going to make it all better. Brexit, we're, we're free of Europe. We can... We're going to make it all better for you. And it's got worse. It hasn't, or it hasn't improved. So it was kind of, you're saying it backfired. Yeah, because the, the problem was the UK had always blamed Europe for all its ills. It was a convenient, um, what do you call it? Whipping, uh, right. Right. Horse, right. So, Oh, well, we can't do anything because of uh, Brussels interference. We can't do anything. We can't do anything. This, does this begin to sound familiar to you? It sounds yeah, like absolutely. the Democrats, right? Totally. We can't do anything because of the... Oh, we can't... And they got it. All right, we, we've got Brexit now, and we're going to make it all better for you. And instead of making it better for these people, all you've had is blowjobs on a couch... Uh, eating cake while everybody's locked down and all this sort of shenanigans. And that's right, was, it. So it was a lot of the hypocrisy we saw here from people like Gavin Newsom, right? We say, do yeah. as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. But, sure. but, but, but you've got, you've got the situation. I mean, 
it's interesting to study, I think, for you guys, because England, the whole of the UK is basically, I don't know, the size of fucking Connecticut, right? Yeah, basically, um, sure. Say. Yeah. And a little bigger. Yeah. Within that, you, you, you've you got three vo- big voting blocks, and it's that at the Rust Belt edge of this very small island off the edge of Europe that controls the power in some sense now because Scotland's gone completely loopy, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you've got what was called the Red Wall, which was because it was a a Labour stronghold. It was uh, – they were all workers. Right. But then they switched to to, uh, Johnson or the Conservatives, and that gives them power. But again, they've done nothing for them. So it's basically the same thing of promise, promising this, promising that, promising everything, and yeah. bringing up, basically, yeah, right, yeah, that makes sense. And, that makes sense. You know, the, the, these people are going fucking mental, right? Because right, right, nothing. The government's changed, but for them, nothing changes. Nothing changes, right? Exactly, and 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 so it's it's. It's basically, you're right, it's basically very much in line with the Democrats here, which is that, you know, we're going to do this. To, and I think here a lot yeah, of... But but here a lot of talk, if you get the others in, they don't do anything either. Well, but, but here the problem with the Democrats is that with certain groups, let's say blacks and Latinos, they have, they have pretended to be the party of the African-American and Latino for so long now that they've done absolutely nothing for them. They just use them to get votes. And I think finally, at long last, finally, at long last, the Latinos and and African-Americans are starting to see this, which is why when you look at how Biden polls with groups that normally a Democratic president does very well with, let's say, Obama and Clinton, like African-Americans, where he's down like 16 points, where Latinos were only one out of every four, one out of every four approve of him now. I think these people are finally starting to wake up and say, look, we're, we're done with the promises. We're done with being used as political pawns come election time. And we're now going to try. Look, we only have two parties here, Roger. Right. So unfortunately, that's what happens when well, one party, when some people sure. sour on one party, they go to the other party. It's the only place you yeah, can yeah, go. Yeah, okay, I get that. But let me yeah. give you an observation from here, because we actually have a, in Portugal, We there's even a communist party, right? You can vote right. communist. Right, want, that's right. Want, right? There, are about, there are quite a few parties. You can vote for whoever you want. And you get a power share, right, which is kind of a democratic uh, thing. Right, exactly. Because you can, um, you know, if uh, if ten, let's say if five percent of your population vote uh, communist, um, well, that's fine, okay. And then twenty percent vote socialist, and then, uh, but when I look at your parties, I don't see socialists. I don't. Uh, uh, I I just see neoconservatives and neoliberals. Yeah, and, and you're right, and I see that's it. All depends on your perspective. Obviously, the right here will say the left are socialists. I mean, like Alexandria. Look, if you look at if you look at what Alexandria Ocasio Cortez believes, and some not she, many. She's a, she's a conservative in Europe. She would be very conservative. 
but that's shocking. That that would be shocking to many people here, especially right wingers, that she would be considered conservative. But it, it, it's 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 in it's in general the idea of the government, and we saw this during COVID. This is what happened during COVID. It's the idea of the you, the government tells you what you can and can't do, and you need the government to survive. You need that that stimulus check from the government to survive. You need to get on your knees and beg, oh, please give us one more. And this is exactly what happened, Roger, for two years, especially the first year and a half. Is exactly. Is that, is, is, is that all? Is that all we're getting? Is that all we're getting? Can we have some more, please? Can we have some more? And what it yeah, you only got uh, you only got two thousand dollars, right? Because uh, we got yeah, remember. whatever. Maybe add up to three thousand, all of it together, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But so, uh, right. if you were if you were um, if in Europe, if you were uh, off, uh, if you were uh, what do they call it when you were um, uh, off work, you got you got eighty percent of your salary. See that? I mean, but that also keeps you more in. It 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 makes you even more dependent on the government instead of being able to just open your. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because the idea was that the job. So you got different systems in Europe, right? So the what happened was this: the reason it crucified Germany, let's say, is because German companies, by law, have to be able to survive uh, without income for two years. So they basically burnt through their reserves. Right. So a German company, by law in Germany, has to have enough money to keep its workforce on for two years. Right. So COVID essentially drained all the German uh, reserves. So we're now going to hit deindustrializational Germany. So... And, and 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 on a larger scale here, a lot of this stimulus and thank goodness Build Back Better didn't pass. A lot of this stuff, the spending, has caused inflation to go yeah, up. Yeah, but you but, know, but, you know. So but, in the in the end, it ends okay, up, look, I get I yeah. get that, but right. And and okay. what does who does who does inflation, Roger? Who does inflation hurt? Does it hurt the rich? Of course not. Of course not. It doesn't. Inflation it the, is it, no inflation. Does, inflation is is a tax. Basically, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically the way you're taking um, the 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 financial strain out of the bubbles. So, so you but after the housing market crash, mm-hmm. instead of actually suffering the pain of going through a recession from that, you just right. poured that. You just expanded that bubble into the stock market. So you have. T- you know, you have a company like Apple, which essentially just makes fucking mobile phones, is now a trillion-dollar company. Right. Do me a favor. It's not. Because, no. you, you know, no. you, could get, you can get a Huawei phone. It will do the same thing. It, it's not a trillion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've inflated right. – you, you've taken one bubble, and then you in, – instead of – Taking the pain, you just inflate another bubble. So, so the, right. but the problem is you've run into a barrier because you've inflated the dollar. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And, and like I said, I, I'm not. Uh, I hate numbers. So when hate that numbers. deflates, if that right. deflates, yeah, we're yeah. in big trouble. Exactly. We all are. Exactly. Roger, thanks for the call. I want to get into one more no, issue. No worries, mate. But thank that, I, I, Roger, you know, I, and I and I really, really, I really 
uh, appreciate Roger giving the perspective. And I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not an expert on the UK. I'm not an expert on Boris Johnson. And I'm really, really happy that Roger uh, cleared up a little bit more. Uh, someone who just was, I believe it was in, I, I don't know what the humanist wrote. Yes, yeah, she is. I think he's talking about AOC. I'm not, I, I don't know if he thought she's a socialist or, or a capitalist. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which or conservative, but um, I think the issue that many on the right have with the last two and a half years is the idea of people being dependent on the government. And, and like Roger said, we only got like $3,000 here. So people were bought really cheaply. People, But that meant a lot to a lot of people, you understand. $3,000 to a lot of people, free money, was very important. And that was important to people who either were working or even or people who weren't working that extra money. So it makes you dependent. Come on. It's almost like a child being dependent on their family, on their, on their mother or father for money, you know, and always looking forward to that money and always needing that money instead of maybe, you know, doing something on their own, being an entrepreneur or getting a job. And that's just, that's what we've had now. We've had all of this has caused incredible inflation because someone's got to pay for it in the end. And end up, who ends up paying for it? Not the wealthy. Not the wealthy. If if state if state goes from twelve dollars to sixteen dollars, the wealthy don't give a shit. If gas goes from three to six dollars a gallon, the wealthy don't give a shit. It hurts the middle class. It hurts the poor. It hurts the less fortunate. It hurts the exact people who these stimulus programs were supposedly designed to help and end up hurting in the long run. Because that money's not going to come forever. It's not going to last forever. It's a drop in the bucket, and then it's gone. And then they're left with this, these high prices, with this inflation, with small businesses decimated, with the businesses that are still open not being able to find people to work. That is something I still don't totally have a grasp of, why they're finding it hard for people to work. It's not like people were given a million dollars. It's not like people are still getting money. I know there was unemployment, but that's ended. Uh, that pittance was ended for most people. So I, I don't totally grasp the idea of why businesses, maybe there's a small business owner out there who on, a, on this show or a future show can call in and tell me why they're having such trouble getting people to work. I don't get it. But what I want to talk about here to end the show is this God of pronouns thing. I think we should end on a funny note, on a, on a humorous note. God of pronouns. So, let me, hold on a second here. Here, just listen, listen to this and then we'll talk a little more. Praise to the great one, the one who was identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say, the great they. The incarnate he and she, the God of trans being. Impregnating Mary, fathering God, breastfeeding God of many breasts, you shadow, you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female. Male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image, exactly in your image. Spectrum, rainbow God, who put your promise for nonviolence in the symbol for queer love before humanity knew, because you knew. Who had Joseph, who could not sleep with a woman in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors, before we knew, 
you knew. God of pronouns who said you can call me he or she or they, whatever makes you feel closest to me. So it's God who was for this wokeness, this new idea of pronouns. God. I, I, I never, you know, I went to Sunday school. Believe it or not, I went to Sunday school. Didn't go to a, a, a Catholic school, but I went to public school and I went to Sunday school. And I was never, ter- I was never told. I was never taught about a God of pronouns. The God was that God is the reason why we have pronouns. That guy, God said, called me she, he, they, X, Z, Y, F, Rainbow. It's almost as though I just played something that a, a person in a psychiatric ward would, would say to themselves, like murders themselves over and over again. And I, it, trying to explain these people, trying to reason with them, trying to understand them, I'm totally over it. I'm totally over it. And I'm seeing people here in New York with tags on their back, like if they're wearing a backpack and it says, my, pronoun, my pronouns are he, him, or they, them, or Z, or goddess, or... And it is getting so insane. It is really getting so insane that I, I it, it almost feels like, it almost feels like a a, a a psychiatric ward out there with these people. The God of pronouns. You said, call me he, she, they. I don't recall that. I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. Uh, I'm not an expert in the Bible, but I don't believe it's anywhere in there. And so these people are, what they're doing, these people, is they're inventing their own reality. They're inventing their own reality based on some kind of odd psychosis, an odd psychosis, and it it it's it waters down, it really it waters down and it bastardizes the movement of really marginalized people. Right? We talk about the civil rights movement, we talk about racism, we talk about homophobia during the 60s, 50s, 60s, and into the 70s and even the 80s, and it waters all this down. It really does. It waters it all down. And you don't know, you can't, what matters doesn't really matter anymore. If you get my drift, it's like, what really, what does really matter? What, what do we really go, what do we really go to the carpet for? What do we really go to the carpet for? You know, what issues really matter the most? And this is all nonsense. This is all nonsense that waters down true civil rights, human rights movements of the past. This is absolute garbage. It's absolute garbage. And it really, it's really people, it's people who have no lives, people who have no lives, who are very insecure, who have now found their place in life, talking about the God of pronouns. And call me this, call me he, call me thee. How about, what is, why is any of that necessary? Why is any of that necessary? And in fact, if someone wants to be called she, and I think they look like a he, and I say you, him, he, and they, they can, you can simply say, I'm a she, I'm a woman. I, this is just getting so crazy and, and so out of hand. But this is another reason why Republicans are going to get annihilated in November, because people are tired of this nonsense. They're tired of living in this crazy world, this, this world of, 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 of just nut jobs. And it's, it's nut jobs who used to be marginalized, who used to be, you know, you didn't hear from them. And now they have just been emboldened, whether it's this pronoun crap or whether it's hypochondrial or obsessive compulsive disorder or this constant mask wearing or testing for a virus. If you've got a sniffle because you're afraid you're going to end up dead when this is one in 20 billion chance that's going to happen. It's, this is 
it's getting to the point now where it's 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 it, it, it it's it's really it's really becoming too much. It's really becoming too much, you know. And uh, I think that all of this, all of this, is once again the Democrats and the liberals doubling and tripling down on lunacy instead of saying we understand that people are tired of this. We understand we're going to get killed in November because of this. We're hemorrhaging voters. We're hemorrhaging African-Americans. We're hemorrhaging Latinos. We're hemorrhaging independents because independents are the ones who really focus more on common sense stuff than party, cult party bullshit. And we're, we're hemorrhaging these people. And instead of saying, let's, like Bill Clinton did, right, with this triangulation or just, just being a human being and being able to say, you know, I got to change. Like I've hit rock bottom and I have to change. They double and they triple down. And I'm going to end the show in a minute, but I do want, I think Blatty wants to end. Maybe it's a small business. Are you a small business owner? You never said you were a small business owner. Okay, let me see if I can get you in here. Uh, okay, Blatty, you there? Uh, I'll, make it, I'll make it under two minutes. Go ahead, go ahead. You've got to look, you, you got to look at Matt Walsh's documentary from Daily Wire. What is a woman? It's for free on YouTube. What is a woman? <laughs> what is a woman? These, these guys on Pangbird were discussing it. They weren't even being honest. You know what I noticed in, in the video from Matt, from, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, Walsh is that when he touched about, when he was asking the truth to that professor, you're going to see it on the video. The guy got irate. Why did he get all pissed off? You know what? Because these bastards don't want to deal. And I'm going to call them righteously, rightfully, bastards don't want to deal with the truth. And until we start confronting them with the truth, what is they're not going to want to change. They, they want to change our world. They want to change the world to their fictitious, fantasy, delusional, dysphoric nonsense. Mm-hmm. And we got to go against that, that bullshit, honestly. It, it is. It's, it's, like, it's not, it's, it's not the, the, the mental case in the nut house. It's the mental cases in the nut house gone loose. And you're right. It's, it's almost like an alternate universe and this weird alternate reality that they want to make. Uh, they, they want to make it normal, right? They want to make it commonplace. They want all of us to join in. It's almost like the crazies wanting us to join in on their craziness, right? We have to join in with them. They want to yeah. indoctrinate us into their into their crazy alternate reality. And I think people are finally starting to fight against it. I really do. And and really just do. to end this, Mike, and thank you once again. It's not in their case. It's not the dog wagging the tail, but the the tail wagging the dog. Absolutely. I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Blatty. I appreciate it. And I want to thank everyone who uh, who called in today and uh, everyone who listened today. And I do want to remind people, and I'll remind you tomorrow. There's one more show this week, uh, the Friday night show. So I'll remind you again tomorrow. But if you are in the New York City area, or if you're not in the New York City area, it doesn't matter anymore because of technology. I'm going to be on uh, terrestrial radio, actual radio, uh, 77 WABC. And it's the called it's a show called The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. And I will be on this is Monday morning. So this is Sunday night into Monday morning. It's Monday morning, this coming Monday morning at one AM Eastern Time, ten PM Pacific Time. So this coming Monday morning, one AM uh, Eastern Time, ten PM Pacific Time, you can go on just simply go on the internet and look up seventy seven WABC New York and you can listen in. And I'll be on and we'll be talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about a little old-time radio, uh, talking about some 
current issues and just having a lot of fun. So, and I'll be promoting, this will be my first chance to really promote this podcast I've been doing for eight months now on a major New York radio station. So, and I'll remind you again tomorrow, but that should be a little bit of an excitement. Anyway, uh, I want everyone to have a good night, have a good day. Um, thanks for listening. And this has been Unless Be Heard. I'm Mike Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. See you tomorrow.